Well, kia ora tato. Welcome back to another episode of Ngahere Talks. Uh, it's really choice to be able to just do a kōrero um, if you're following along with uh, what we do. We've had lots of um, produced um, podcasts coming out um, in the past few months, but um, today it's really cool to just have a chat with some of that I both admire and look up to, um, but I'm also really stoked that is now a part of our team um, and to have a bit of a, a talk through his journey. So um, today it's awesome to have the one and only Rakai Beasley here with us. Um, kia ora rā, how are you bro? Good, good, good. Um, yeah, excited to to talk some some uh, business and talk some history, so yeah. Yeah, awesome. And um, it's such a privilege to be able to have this opportunity actually to, to unpack this journey with you. Um, I feel like there's, you know, you have a lot of influence out there and potentially a lot of people that are watching what you do for better or worse. Mm. Um, so it's really nice to, I guess, have the opportunity and the uh, openness, I guess, from you to be willing to talk about this stuff mm. um, with me as well, which is pretty choice. So, yeah. kia ora, bro. Raz recently joined our team here at Ngahere um, for maybe a short time. Who knows? Eh? We <laughs> can we see see what happens. Yeah. Um, helping us build out our tukua platform, which is super exciting. So, taking all of the um, the business development and um, support for young and up and coming entrepreneurs, um, taking that digital, mm. both the community and the learning. So, big job, but the right man for it so yeah awesome to have you on the team but why don't you start off by just uh, introducing yourself bro uh yeah so um yeah i'm ra ra beasley uh maori nguyen um i'm 25 and i've been pretty much around the business world for the last oh pretty much when i finished high school um and that's kind of what i'm really known for um i uh, I was born in Auckland, but then I moved to Australia really early on, and I uh, did about till I was about eight, or eight, and then me and my parents moved back here, and uh, I grew up in GI since then, and um, yeah, just that's pretty much my home. GI is is where I love, um, but in high school I came all the way out here, out south, and did my high school years, so feel really comfortable out south as well, and that's where most of my friends and connections are. Mm. So yeah, that's kind of like real little bit about me. Best place to eat out south? I don't know. I don't have any very many good spots. Oh, all, no. my eat, all my eat spots are out east. It's uh, Okay, best spot to eat out east then? Hansan. <laughs> Easy, eh? Yeah. Easy Hansan's. Yeah. Although one, they're please. testing me. They're testing me <laughs> with their uh, changing stuff here and there. So they're lucky they straightened up. Especially if you're foodie, eh? Yeah, hard. Oh, man. So today's all we're, we're kind of going around this whole theme of um, Hitoka Tumuana. Um, it's a whakatauki that, that talks about being a, a rock standing in the ocean, mm. which, um, like, to take learnings from that, it's about being someone who is, uh, I guess, confident and comfortable in who they are and where they stand, that the, the storms of life and the, the motion that, that comes with an ocean, but if you relate that to life, that can easily kind of dislodge you mm. when, you're, when you're a strong rock standing in the ocean and being able to withstand all of those hits and those movements. Um, it's a strong testament to someone's character. And so it's something that we've been looking at um, as a team over the past kind of month, kind of exploring that whole world of self-discovery, a.k.a. Um, being sure and confident of who you are and, and where you're going. And so I think it's awesome to have this opportunity to, to chat. We were chatting about what that means um, as business owner and as an entrepreneur. And so it's a pretty cool opportunity to to chat about that now, but what do you reckon that whakatoki means to you, bro? Um, for me, that, that whakatoki is like real, more aspirational, because mm. I felt like, I feel like I've never really been a really confident person, and I've never really, 
I've always been in situations where I felt like I never really belonged. Mm. But I think for me, it's it's more like it's it's that kind of current or that you know that a stream, and you're you're standing there, and you you don't know if you you should be, but you're gonna stand there anyway because that's that's what you're there to do. So that's kind of what it, it means to me. Like that would really it's really aspiring for me to to really feel comfortable, and I think that will come with age for me. Yeah. That's pretty cool, eh? And I think it's cool to have aspirational, mm. like, inspiration. <laughs> aspirational inspiration stuff going on as well and somewhere we can be. But I think in as we unpack your story, you probably are more solid um, than maybe you give yourself credit for. Who knows? Who knows, eh? But, um, I mean, let's get a little bit into, like, what... Oh, now, first of all, maybe just a bit of context around where you're at now, like a, just a real mm. quick overview, or maybe I could do it, we could see, but essentially you got into, moved back from Aussie, eh, when you were, um, yeah. how old were you? I was, I was, Early I was 20s? about eight. No, nah, no, nah, I was about eight. Oh, when you I moved back to NZ? Yeah, oh, oh, sorry, and then I went off, and after high school I went off to, to Australia to find greener pastures, but um, I just really... Oh, well, brown. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was like, I was living in like one of the most, you know, affluent communities in, in Sydney and I was like man I just just doesn't feel right like it just yeah. feels weird and my whole mind was like nah like every time a difficult situation comes up like push yourself to overcome it and um, you know like you'll learn something but for some reason I just you know I came straight out of like um, out of like Alfriston College to like you know this decile 10 type Sydney mm. area with all European and I was like oh my gosh this is Huge fish out of water, eh? Yeah, I was just like, oh, what the heck? Yeah, and so I remember meeting you for the first time out in GI. It mm. uh, wasn't long after Te Oro had opened, mm. um, and you were in the process of setting up Ikebol. Yeah. Yeah, I went out there to meet with Tyrone, and you were just loitering, <laughs> as you do, eh, in the foyer. Yeah, yeah. I was, I was uh, <laughs> mapping my success. And yeah, <laughs> you guys, were, you hadn't opened yet, but you, you had your concept, and you were, I think you were about to... Take on your first premises, so that was when I, I think I first remember meeting you. Yeah. Um, and then obviously you opened Ikebol, and then two more Ikebols after that. Yeah. And then COVID came and ruined everything. Yeah, kind of stopped the party. I said, yeah. no, 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 you guys are getting away with too much. You're having too much fun. <laughs> um, but you yeah. learned some lessons. Yeah, yeah. You need, you, you've had too many wins. Time, <laughs> time to have some failures. And um, and I'm I'm hoping that's that you know that story that everyone has that. Dark backstory, yeah. yeah, that's hopefully that's mine. That's the only one, eh? Yeah, yeah, Don't yeah. need any more of those. Yeah. But Cup I will kind of unpack, I guess, more of more of that. But it gives people a little bit of a uh, context to your court at all as we move through. But tell tell us a little bit about your childhood and what you were like as a kid growing up. Yeah, it's um, so uh, I've got an older brother and a younger sister when I was growing up, and now I've got another younger brother. But um, so I was kind of middle child. Um, but also, I don't know, grew up in Australia with a real Māori name. Um, you know, even though I was born here, I was very much an Australian kid mm. for like those eight years, and I think it really made a, a big impression on me. So, um, I, I didn't fit in over there because obviously I, I was a lot darker than most of the kids. Um, you know, my dad was covered in tattoos and he was the crazy dude, and everyone was like all blacks. and. Mm. You know, but I had a thick Australian accent, and um, yeah, everyone just couldn't couldn't say my name right. So I just used to kind of slowly correct them, but not really. And I kind of got over that. And um, but I knew I was different, so that's where I first started feeling like, oh man, 
there was, there's not a lot of Maori living in. I uh, used to be in Bondi, Bondi Beach, and um, so it was a really small community of Maori. So we were very much like I knew I was different. Um, and then uh, my parents split up, and we moved back. So it was all this big crazy um, whirlwind of stuff that happened, and I think that's where the biggest change started happening. So I was about eight, and we moved um, back here with my nana in Pamua, and um, first time experience state housing. Um, you know, heaps of us in the house, uh, and that's where I kind of, like, kind of the world shattered, you know, that perfect world kind of just all dissipated, and then, um, you know, dealing with my parents, um, you know, splitting up, and I kind of had to go to a, go to, a, like, a, like, a new school, and, and I had, a th- still had the Australian accent, all the kids are, like, mocking me about it, and I was like, oh, man, what am I? Yeah, I was yeah. Like, Man, so, you know, back then I was told I was Māori and this, and you're, you know, you're special and da-da-da, and then you move here and you're like, oh, man, I'm so weird again. It's yeah. like, what's going on? Um, so, yeah, that's kind of how my childhood really, or that earlier side of my childhood really took place. And, um, you know, I really struggled with um, managing expectations from both parents, and I think that's, why, that's how I really learned how to, was my first experience learning how to manage expectations and how to, or don't say this to that that parent and don't say this because you upset the, the balance and just keep everything cool. And, um, you know, I was quite a, an emotional kid and um, quite sensitive. Mm. And then as, and that carried through to my adolescence and then I slowly started getting control over that. So it's kind of how that real early on started happening. Yeah, yeah. Wow. And so then you finish, your, finish growing up in, in the east side. Eh? Why did you then come out south to go to school? Uh, so my mum's partner, he was a teacher at Alfriston. And, um, oh, funny story. So I, I went to Port England Primary. You know, that's kind of where I settled. And then I got into Koimarama, which mm. was like, so I went from, you know, decile 1 to decile 10. And I did my intermediate years there. And I, again, I was different. Like, mm. I was going to school, school with, like, Albanian kids and, um, Asian European kids mainly, and I think there was four Maori kids, mm. me, my sister, cousins, and that was it. And um, oh, it's kind of, it's kind of bad. I was I dominated everything, sport, like <laughs> leadership, <laughs> everything. Like I was first discus, shot put, all that kind of stuff. Oh really? Yeah, and then showing I, off. Eh? Yeah, I was like, I was ahead. You know, I was way taller than all the kids, and so you used to like flex your biceps yeah, yeah, yeah. all the time. Yeah, used to be too. me. I was like, yeah, I'm the man. <laughs> I, I'm I'm way better. <laughs> But then um, the harsh reality was when I moved into high school, um, so I got into Dilworth College, which was, you know, they talk about how prestigious that is. Um, I was, they, you don't really get intake in year nine. They normally take you in at year five and six, uh, year five, year six. Um, and the thing I, sh- I really struggled with is the pastoral care is not as big as when you're year five. So when I moved in, um, I was hit with a lot of, because it's boarding only, and this huge, like, everyone was celebrating, family, friends, um, the neighbourhood, um, my old school, uh, because it was such a pre- prestigious thing. And I think the value is like 30k a year each wow. student. That's how yeah. much the scholarship is um, worth. And, yeah, I was really excited. And then um, boarding. You know, you have to board and you're, you're one of 300 kids and, you know, no fa- not a lot of family um, contact. You're really busy. And I just really fell apart at that time. So um, I started missing home. I started missing things. But it, w- it went beyond that. Yeah. And I uh, went through like a bout of depression um, 
when I was about 13. Wow. And I really struggled with that school. Um, and I felt really bad, you know. It was all those feelings of, like, um, you wasted opportunity or you know, everyone wanted this for you. Why did you, like, how come you couldn't hack mm. it? You know, it was those expectations. And I wanted to do it for my parents and, like, my family and because I, d- I felt this, like, kind of, a disgraceful or you know th- those kind of feelings so I really I really learned to process them and um went through this depression and just you know like you don't really know how it feels until you've experienced it um and I didn't really know what it was and then I got told and I didn't believe it and all this other stuff and then um I, I just couldn't hack it and I said pull me out like pull me out of the school I don't care if I lose this opportunity or that opportunity um, and that, that re- caused some big ripples in my life and um, relationships with family and stuff. And then I moved to Alfriston College because that was like my mum's my partner was m- working there at the time. And I was like, yeah, I'll try the school out. Um, and that was, again, a big shock. I was like, man, Southside, that's a... No, you were the... They don't even have discus <laughs> at the school, eh? <laughs> I was like, holy fights every day at school. I was like, oh, yeah. that's unusual yeah yeah um but it was just a norm you know like mm. and I think Alfreston's a real it's a real like crazy school because it was brand new really new different ways of like learning um and then you've got like you know the real like underprivileged kids from Rewa and then you've got all the really privileged kids from like the gardens and they're all mixing and mm. it just was like a really weird mix um but I really loved it so yeah. I ended up staying and just really um discovering myself you know, you know, there's like a young man kind of thing there. Yeah, because it sounds like you had like a lot of challenges mm. in your own identity and who you were mm. right from a really young age. Eh? Um, yeah. I know for me, my parents when I was growing up, both of my parents were primary school teachers, mm. and they moved around quite a lot. Um, in my in my formative years, so I think my first two years of school, I went to like four or five different schools. And so by the time we settled in Dotorua, and I was going to primary school there I was already quite like I felt like I hadn't really settled anywhere Mm. so I felt a little bit behind the behind the ball on like making friends and settling in and it kind of fed into my introverted ways anyway to kind of just hang by myself which now as an adult I'm I'm quite thankful for that because I feel like I can be comfortable if I'm on my own or or if I'm with people but like how do you think like all of that stuff that you went through as a kid, are you seeing how that's playing out now for you as an adult? Like, do you feel like it's made you stronger or are you, do you still feel a bit shaky? Like I feel it's real hard to pinpoint. Mm. But I know, it, I, and I know it plays a part. I do think that it it's where maybe my lack of confidence in, yes, this is who I am, this is where my value is, mm. um, people do... You know, like you don't have to show value to everyone all the time. Like they can like you, and like, so I think that's where that kind of comes from. And it's it's not it's not that loud. It's small, and and it's not too loud, but it does affect. I think just who I am. A small stone in your shoe can be a real pain in the ass. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think I think it does play a part. Um, and I'm a very anxious person. Mm. Um, so I think, you know, just all these challenges that I experience, like. And again, I think it's real hard to be like, oh yes, I had a ba- like a hard time, because you always compare yourself to other people. Like, oh, they had mm. a worse time, or they had harder things to go through. But I think for me, I, I always had to. I I wasn't able. I wasn't able to escape 
my problems. Like I always had to address them, even if I didn't want to. Um, and I guess in a positive way, like I know at the end of the day when something comes up, like it could be a business thing, or it's like you just have to address it. Like mm. You can sit on it and it's kind of like those toothache type things. Yeah. So I, I, I do know I have to address it and stuff. Um, so I think it's it's kind of a good and a bad thing. Yeah, yeah. So at what stage did you realise that you wanted to be an entrepreneur? Was it early on or? Yeah, like, you know, I, I hated asking my parents for stuff, you mm. know, like, real early on. So I think I had to grow up quite early, as you kind of do when you're pushed into those type of situations. Um, so, yeah, I didn't like asking for stuff. So I got a job real early, like 14. I worked movies out here in Mannix was my first job. And um, that I just realised early on, I was like, man, I was working till 12 o'clock at night doing the, the, the night shift and then catching the train home, the last train. I was like, man, this sucks. Working sucks. Like, it, it, it's there and you, you have it for a reason, but, man, what, what if you're in control of that? Like, what if you can decide on things? What if you can allow yourself to get stuff? Mm. So I think that's where, like, one half of the equation came in. I was like, okay, like, I'm, I'm pretty smart. I could figure things out. Like, maybe I can have a go. And then as things, you know, started getting older, um, I liked to have things. Like, I was like, oh, I want, you know, snapbacks. I want you know, clothes and stuff. It's like, but if I sell it, then I can just get stuff for free. And then, then yeah. I, like, I get what I want. So that was another reason. I was like, because there wasn't a lot of, um, you know, nowadays you can see heaps, of, not heaps, but you can see a decent amount of contact with entrepreneurs and, like, business owners who look like you, who sound like you, who are where you're from. Mm. But back then there was like barely any. Yeah, so it wasn't really a thing that you knew about, eh? No, it wasn't. It wasn't this rock star kind of thing. It was more like, and the real, the real entrepreneurs were all the, you know, the the boys uh, at the backfields doing <laughs> their deals, and you know, they're, they're they're the real entrepreneurs. And I was like, I want to do that, but I want to be safe. <laughs> like, yeah, I, yeah, I don't yeah. want to go. Uh, I don't want to get in trouble for it. Yeah. So that was another thing that was kind of like. Oh, yeah. So what was your first hustle? Oh, uh, man, first hustle I. S- so one of the hustles I did, I used to import, um, do you remember those power bands? And there was like a little silver sticker in the band. And ah. it apparently it made you like stronger or faster. <laughs> it's like, so this was a huge thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, I imported all these like from China. When would like this have been? Early 2000s? Man. Yeah. Or no, no, no. It would have been. A bit later? 2010. Oh, yeah. 2011. Yeah, it would have been around, around there, 2009 yep. maybe. Um. So yeah, I, I got all these like NBA um, power bands and everyone used to be like, I didn't even care about them. I was like, oh, I don't like them. Yeah. But everyone else did. So I got them all in and I started selling them. I can't remember how much. Like at school? Yeah, yeah, 20 yeah. bucks or something. And people were like, oh yeah, I feel stronger. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I did way more push-ups. So. Oh, you should wear two, it makes you even <laughs> stronger. Yeah, so I did that. And then, um, you know, it's kind of like, oh, keep going. Yeah. Tried a few other... Tried doing um, snapbacks because that was yeah, everyone was doing. Yeah, it. and yeah, I got into got to trouble. Customs seized it, and um, why? Because you're doing ripoffs. Yeah, yeah, I was doing that. I knew too. I knew, yeah. but I wrote. You know, I got a pen because they sent me a letter. So I wrote a wrote a letter with my left hand. You know, like <laughs> real handwritten letter with pencil. Put my uh, photocopy my school ID and sent it off, and I hoped that they didn't do anything else. And then. Um, Eddie Day sent me a box of hats. Did they? F- yeah, they felt bad oh for wow. me. They sent me a and I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Might write another letter. <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh my gosh. Did you sell those hats? Uh, no, I came away. They, they were like, I, I wished it was like a couple years later. 
Because they were like golf hats and dry fit hats and stuff, like that type of material. Yeah. But and they no weren't cool. Yeah, thing. like everyone was like, oh, no, nah, that's jogging hats. Yeah. You don't jog. So. Sure enough, eh, they ended yeah, up coming back ended in. Ended up coming back in. But um, that was kind of my first go at it. And um, got burnt and I was like, oh, this is dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> Did you do any other ones while you were at school? Nah, that was, that was probably it. Yeah, that was um, you. So what happened after high school? What did you get up to? Man, high school. So I didn't pass level three, which mm. was, you know, I took all the hardest subjects. I was really trying to be, a, like, I was a high, high achiever. Um, but in my last year, like, I was working part-time and going to parties and enjoying my life and kind of realised that, man, I wanted to be an engineer. I was like, oh, I need to be an engineer. Again, it all come down to that same stuff. It was, like, managing expectations from myself and, like, not meeting them and feeling guilty about it and um, kind of just decided to leave. So when I left uh, high school in year 13, after year 13, I decided to do a bridging course. I was mm. like, oh, I'll do business. Like, oh, it sounds like something I'd like. Um, but I hated it. Like, just couldn't handle going into a classroom and studying theory of business. I was like, when do I start the or like you know hey yeah, we're gonna yeah. we're gonna pretend like we're opening a business and then that's how you're gonna learn I was like well just open it instead yeah, you know? yeah. um so I experienced that you know racked up my student loan and then man this sucks I was like I need some more life experience name and shame where did you study AUT oh which was which I <laughs> thought was better than uh, Auckland Uni because you know I thought it was more like for people who are real <laughs> but um. Yeah, I, I guess, and you obviously someone that learns by doing, right? Yeah. Not by thinking. Yeah, by failing. That's a, like pretty yeah. much I learned. Like, you can't tell me nothing. I have to experience it, and then I'll come back and be like, "Oh no, nah, yeah, what you said was, <laughs> was, was good. Eh? I yeah. should have listened." I can confirm. Yeah, I can confirm that. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, I did that, and I was just like, "Nah, don't like it." So I moved to. So I called my older brother. He lives in Sydney. Okay, like, hey, bro, I want to do something. What are you up to? And he's like, "Yeah, come live with me." So we worked for a little bit, me and my partner, and then um, saved some money up and then just gapped it and just went straight over to Sydney and uh, started working. Mm. And we experienced, like, this was probably the big shift to adult kind of life, you know, first time leaving home. Yeah, that independence. Yeah, the independence and, like, freedom to make your own choices. You're not, you're not in anyone's, like, way or anything. Um, and we were living in, yeah, pretty much the wealthiest part of Sydney and going to like art exhibitions because we had family over there that were like artists and stuff like that and you know just it's kind of like Ponsonby but more so you know and we just got thrown into this crazy world of like we were going to these big parties and like penthouses and because my brother was a DJ so we were experiencing like really what Sydney had to offer Mm. and um, it was real fun but you know like just kind of lonely kind of like this feeling of like Again, I'm, there's no one I, I don't fit in anywhere. Um, and I just kind of worked hard there mm. and then saw this business idea and that's kind of how I jumped in, came back. I was like, oh, man, throw it all away again. And I want to start this kind of this, this eatery that I saw over there. I was like, oh, man, that's so cool. That would do well in Auckland. And then threw that all away and started coming over here to, to pitch my business. Yeah. Wow. So how long did it take from you, like, seeing what was the name of the business you saw over there? Uh, there was like all these poke bowl places, so yeah, there, was a, yeah. there was a range of them. Um, that I remember I when you told me about Ica Bowl, I hadn't ever heard of poke, yeah. poke bowls, whatever you call them. Yeah, poke bowls. So, and that's where because the whole like the reason I really 
liked it is was because like Poke being Hawaiian, but the Americans kind of took it over and then these Australian dudes were kind of owning it and it was kind of Japanese, but it was Polynesian. And I was like, I was like, oh, that's kind of wrong. Like mm. all these places are doing this cuisine and we've never had our own mainstream like Maori Pacific cuisine, really. Yeah, it, yeah. You know, especially back then, it's like, getting a bit better now. Um, so I kind of saw, I was like, we should really cl- like re- like reclaim that. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of where the passion for it started. And then when I jumped back uh, home, and um, luckily I had some family friends and a mate of mine and group of friends who we kind of I kind of pitched it to all together. So, and everyone was kind of like, oh yeah, why not? Let's have a crack. Mm. And then we got real got real messy and got like frantic and we were sus- we were like looking at stuff we were, you know and that's where all that hard work started kicking in mm. so yeah so what year was this now we were up to about 2018 uh would have been earlier would have been 20 yeah, 2016 true. 2016 yeah so it would have been 2016 Ooh. we were like when I was really going should I have a crack and yeah. I at this time I had you were already home by then eh? yeah, I actually come home. home to have a crack yeah, I came yep. home, and um, but it was quite dark. It was quite a dark time for me. Like, mm. um, I really had like, cause I I went off and did this thing by my, you know, as an adult, went and left, and then came back home and living at home again. And I, I just like it's just even if we we weren't gone for long, but just being back home just felt stifling again. I was like, yeah, felt yeah. like I was moving backwards. Yeah. I didn't meet eye to eye with my parents anymore. Like. So that all hit and I was like, ah, oh. so this desperation, it was like, I need to, this business has to work. Yeah. Like I, I don't have the, I've just given away moving, I've just given away everything and it's all dependent on this. Mm. Um, Has that remained your like motivation through? It's, like? it's changed since I've been getting older. Yeah. But the underlying motivation is like, I want to be great, you know, like I want to kind of do things that others have never done. Mm. And I want to, and that's where all my passion comes from. And I think, like for me, having a lot of energy and passion towards what I want to do is normal. But I think for a lot of other people, it might not be so normal. Like, so I don't know what it is, but there's something there that keeps me propelling and going, I want to take another, I'll take another jump. I'll take another like leap of faith. Do you feel like you want to like prove people wrong? Hmm. Yeah, but. That little bit of a, I only ask that because I've been listening to a few chats lately about where entrepreneurial motivation comes from and some chats about how nearly everyone has a chip on their shoulder. Mm. That And not saying that that's a wrong thing at all, but that that's a motivator um, and that there can be, um, who was, I think it was Malcolm Gladwell that when I was listening to and he was saying how it's, it's pretty amazing how people can take, because they were talking about how a lot of entrepreneurs have some, some form of, trauma or something happened to them mm. that becomes that motivation that chip on their shoulder that they just have to like rectify it or prove it um and he was saying how how quite how beautiful it is that in our human spirit we can take something that wasn't always like nice and turn it into something beautiful I thought that was a pretty cool insight so then I was like oh is that right for you like does it resonate for you I was wondering if that resonates for me as well yeah it it depends, eh? Like I, I still, I still haven't figured out my why. You know, like mm. pretty much everyone that I spoke to, whether as mentors or people that are respected in the business community, they're like, "What's your why?" You know, pretty much yeah. that's the answer to all of this. Yeah. And I don't know. Like I keep going, like, "What is it?" And um, 
but what I do think it is, what what I do think where it sits is like, again, as you said, like that's an external motivator. Mm. So like some people, whether it's like a parent that talked to them in a certain way when they were younger, or a teacher, or some somehow they've experienced it. I think for me, it's more. I know it's more internal. Mm. It's like almost like I've, like I. Because I can, or because it's possible, then I want to. Yeah, it's weird. It's like a that drive to it, like might be a not even really achieve, but I guess. Do you know what your strengths are? Have you done strengths finder? Nah. I wonder if you're a maximizer. There's like or achiever. I, I'm, I like a, what is it? Um, did my personality one, and it's like a always something about always improving. You'll all be more efficient, or like a very. It's weird. The older I got, the more I'm like, how can I make this more efficient so that. Yeah it's easier down the road. Mm. So I, I've experienced this this learning of like do the hard work now and then a, it gradually starts kind of tapering off and it starts getting easier. So I don't know what that is. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah. Gets easier but harder, eh? Yeah, and then you get the <laughs> next challenge and then that thing or you accumulate skills and then, you know, like it just gets a bit, it's not as stressful anymore. Yeah. Um, or maybe that's it. Like I've been so stressed and so anxious my whole life that I'm trying to accumulate and gather so that, I'm not stressful, and then but it keeps happening, and yeah, it's like yeah. you can't escape it. It's like it's like a feeling. What is that? Um, you said you're an anxious person. What is that? How does that manifest for you? Like, what does that feel like or look like? Um, overthinker. Yeah, very much overthinker. Like I'll think, which is good for like strategic mind, which is mm. good, which helps me in, in everything I do. But it also like I'm planning for things that don't exist. You know, they haven't happened or can't. I I struggle to live in the moment. You know, like. A, like a real obvious one to me was when I go out, when I used to be a little bit younger and then, you know, go out clubbing and stuff and I just, like, everyone else having a fun time and like, I'm like, oh, I hate this. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I was yeah. like, oh, what's next? Like, I need to do something else. Like, it's boring like this. Yeah. And I start thinking of, or like I don't like trust my surroundings and um, or I overthink a situation where something bad's going to happen and I'll be like, okay, if this happens, I'll do this. And if this happens, I'll do this. And it keeps going and going and going until... Like, I've built myself up into, like, this fearful situation yeah. over nothing. Cause yeah. It's real weird. Whereas, you know, I've, I've got, m like, kind of people I respect who are different, like who are mm. way different. They're more like, whatever happens, happens. Yeah, yeah. And I wish for that. And yeah. I'm like, man, how can I be Why isn't sitting? it picking you out? <laughs> yeah, I'm like, why are you not worried about so how this? How do you, like, manage it? Like, obviously, you've got good self-awareness mm. and you're used to having it in your world. What are your, like, management strategies or tools? I don't even know, like... Do you I just let yourself go there? Yeah, I kind of do. I kind of yeah. just let myself freak out. And then, although it's been getting... It's getting easier. Like, mm. it's always getting easier. Like, the business, throughout that whole six years that where I was in that, that pretty much hardened me to a lot of that stuff. Because I was freaking out over how am I going to pay, how am I gonna yeah. pay the PAYE bill, which I had no clue about. So, <laughs> so I have to pay them that, and then I have to pay <laughs> this other bill. And I was like, what? <laughs> And Bloody IRD, yeah, yeah they like got all the. It's like when you buy an app and then there's install purchases yeah, all oh, the time of IRD. GST return, like, <laughs> bro, you know, like stuff like that. Where it seems it seems small now, but it used to freak me out. Oh yeah. God, it's it's four grand. I'm like, yeah. how do I do this? Yeah, do I not pay this supplier for like a little while and then like pay them? Oh, so you money? overthink your way out of overthinking? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, it's it's weird. It's it's yeah. like I start strategizing. And what I learned is that to overcompensate by preparing, yeah, prepare, learn more skills, get gain knowledge, talk to people, get like I really learned about information gathering through others. Mm. You know, like don't don't believe everything that even anyone says. 
kind of like be sensible, but it's a great way to gather information, even if it's just an opinion-based information. Yeah, yeah. And then that that way I built up my kind of like, oh, I know about this, I know about this, I know about this, so that when things do happen, oh, I've already got the skill or this answer yeah, yeah, ready yeah, to go. Yeah. It's real weird. No, that's pretty cool, and it makes sense. Yeah. When you have that information, you find a bit more security, um, and it helps dampen down that unknown, right? Yeah. Yeah. I feel like my cousin's really similar. I was... I was raised as a tuakana of Alfana and like the oldest female in my generation and so I very much have been had all these little cousins with me. Yeah. And so I know them all really well and have been a, a part of their lives in some form or another. But I have a cousin that I feel like he's a lot like you. He always has to have at least three plans. Like because if that doesn't go right then it has to go like this. And then if that doesn't go right then it has to go like this. And until he has that like sorted He's not going to feel confident mm. and not going to want to, I guess, execute. He'll just say, like, nah, it's not it's not safe enough. Some of that comes from because he's um, in the army and that's what they get taught as well, mm. safety-wise and that strategically. But I think it's also in his personality. Yeah. Yeah. It's 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 really weird, eh? Like, um, there's, there's gifts and curses about overthinking. It's yeah. Weird, like I think with anything, though, right, there's a positive and a negative. Yeah. Like I, I've like I, I can become too observant sometimes. Like yeah, yeah. And like overreading. I'm gonna be real paranoid if you're around the office yeah. now. <laughs> like overreading into like, you know, like, you know, I first started here, and I'm like, man, you know, after a few days, I'm like, oh, do they like me? <laughs> you oh. know, it's like it's like it's like oh, I wonder. Like, yeah, did you tell them we didn't like them? Like, and then I'll be watching <laughs> facial expressions, like, you know, like, oh, okay, do they like me doing this? Do they like, like am I in the right place yeah, in the yeah, office? Yeah. Like, it's it's really that de- like. It's not that deep, but yeah. but it is in the same place. Um, but then it's cool, cool because I've got a. Um, then did you realize that no one's even watching? <laughs> <laughs> like, see, in my mind, it's like everyone's, yeah, you know, and it, and it all connects in one day. Like, it, it, one day down the future, like I noticed something, and then it led to this, and it, that's how weird it, it kind of gets. But yeah, I have a a cop friend of mine, and he, you know, you'll go out drinking and stuff, having a good time, and I noticed them one night. They were in this, we were like. Uh, the viaduct somewhere. I was like, bro, it's like relax. And he's like, what? It's <laughs> like relax. I know what you're doing. He's like, what? <laughs> what do you What do you mean? I was like, I know you're scanning the room. You know, like <laughs> finding all the exits, like, you know, yeah, all the risks. A, yeah, and he was yep. just like, you know, um, he's looking around, like, he's like seeing the situation. And I was like, nah, I know you're doing it. And he like, he stopped me. He's like, bro, that's weird. I was like, what do you mean? He's like, D- we get trained to do that stuff. Like, yeah, yeah. You're, like you're noticing too much stuff. Like. Yeah. He's like, why, why are you? Why, why are you on alert? <laughs> and I was like, oh, I don't know. It's just how I am. <laughs> that's how I like, live. Yeah, he's like, ah, oh, bro, that's lonely. And I was like, yeah, kind of. Yeah. Because it, it alienates you, you know, you can't really join in. You're always yeah. like off somewhere else. I agree. And I, I feel like I um, have always had anxiety as well. Mm. I still feel like I do, but I know it more now and I can sit with it. Mm. it either way, like I can let it just be. But but I can also find I feel like I have good ways to kind of shush it down as well. Yeah. Um. I think I definitely am an overthinker. I remember when I was a kid, the first time I realized I did it was when I, <laughs> like, I would have conversations with people before I met them. Yes. Like I knew some, I was going to meet someone and I would be rehearsing how the conversation was going to go with them. And the first time I did it and actually realized what I was doing, I was in Wellington with my mum. I would have been around about eight or something. <laughs> 
and we were staying in this hotel room. She was down there for work, and I was lucky enough to come along with her. And I was sitting on the, the toilet, and I knew that we were about to go to dinner, and there was going to be mum's workmates there that I'd never met before. And I was sitting there having a conversation with them. Or like and then, out loud? Or yeah, or out loud. And then my mum was like, what are you doing? And I was like, oh, oh. <laughs> I was just kind of like busted. Like, I don't know what I'm doing actually. And But then after that, I realised how I do that all the time in different forms, not just conversations with people. But I'll, I'll try and preconceive what's about to happen. Um, and sometimes that can be positive, but other times it can be negative. And when you're starting to create these scenarios that don't even exist mm. um, and it, it results in you becoming all like a little bit uptight or a little bit anxious and um, sometimes as well I know when I first started getting into things like event management um, having to like step into roles of things that I'd never done before I could feel that anxiety kind of rising up within me without wanting to really admit that I didn't know what I was doing but knew that I could figure it out and how do you just like just calm that down? What it's done for me though is that now I feel like I'm really good at organizing my time, mm. prioritizing what I need to do and when I need to do it. And when I do that, sometimes if I feel like I'm getting overwhelmed, which feels the same as being anxious, mm. um, all I need to do is sit down, like p- put everything out out of my head, and organize it. Generally, time wise, so to allow myself time to address each of the things. Unless it's things like how the heck am I going to pay the bills. But that's enough to, and it can literally be like a 10-minute exercise and then I feel fine again. Mm. Yeah, but it's buzzy how it it changes and evolves, I guess, as you get older, or maybe you do. Yeah, or you've just, like, experienced. Because all it is is really, like, you're not prepared. Like, it's that feeling Mm. of, like, I haven't, like, I don't know what the outcome will be, and that's what freaks you out. But then, you know, with... With those problems that are like you've never experienced before, that's what freaks you out because you're like, yeah. I've never. I just don't know. I don't know, I don't know where to start. Do. I don't know what's gonna happen. And, and I used to be like, who's gonna save me? <laughs> like <laughs> I literally was like, and um. w- yeah, like well, it's because like I was doing th- I was doing all this stuff really young. Like no one else. I don't, I don't know anyone. Like I never ran around with the same people. Even though I met people at networking events and stuff, they were a lot older and. Like, they were kind of on the same journey. Yeah. And I was always like, that's not fair. Why Why does? What, why do my peers get bailed out when things happen, you know? Like, that's yeah, how I yeah. felt. Like, I'm like, man, they're so lucky to have, um, you know, support from this or support from that. Or at the end of the day, if anything happens, they got backup. Yeah, Whereas yeah. I've always felt like I've never had that. Yeah. So I guess I was always freaked out about it. I'm like, oh, man, my life's, like, everything's going wrong. Like, da-da-da. And then as you come out on the other end, you're like, Oh, true. That was <laughs> you know, like that wasn't too bad. I should have just addressed it earlier. And as that keeps happening and keeps happening and keeps happening, you're like you kind of trust you know. Yeah. Oh, I'll come out. But also that you don't really have control. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah. yeah. It's not, you can, it's not up you to can you. plan and prepare as much as you like, but things are gonna happen, eh? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Man, that was a that was a cool chat. Mm. Um, but let's carry on the story of Ikebol. So now you're back in Aotearoa. You've got this passion to kind of revive or bring in some Polynesian-owned cuisine. You saw Bukulpa, the business model, over in Aussie. You got a bunch of mates around around the table on board. So how did you actually kick it off? That was cool, eh? So we, um, so we did our little business plan. It was terrible, you know, like, yeah. and we could have done so much better if we knew, but we know nothing. But I was eh, hindsight, eh? Yeah, but, <laughs> I, but I, it was the passion, right? Yeah. It was like nah, like, I can't, 
this is what I'm going to do. This is why I'm here mm. right now in my life. This is where I need to be. And I'm um, really thankful for um, family, friends. You know, our friends are, are my friends' family, and, and they really saw that passion and, and the opportunity that we had and invested. And, um, you know, we had a great, great seed fund to start and probably far too much for our age, you know, like it was a really great opportunity. And um, where did you get your seed fund from? So Fano. Fr- yeah. Yeah. So from friends, Fano, they yeah, had me. a family trust and they saw it. Yeah. They were like, yeah, we'll kick in. Um, we asked for 150K straight off the bat. Yeah. Which I pulled that random number out and um, she was like, no, nah, yeah, believe in you guys. Like, have a go. We were like, holy shit. Yeah, yeah. Like <laughs> we, we, you know, it was me and two mates and, um, his dad and he said yep and then he's like yeah let's go have a beer and play pool now i'm like all right sweet and <laughs> i'm like some of that money so i can buy a beer. yeah I'm, I'm, <laughs> si- I'm sitting there like oh i don't know if it's real or not yeah, or like is yeah. this a joke or a cruel joke yeah. and it was all good we were on and i expected to open the business you know i was like yeah I'll open it tomorrow pretty much <laughs> and it took us eight months which i thought was a long time yeah but takes people years eight months till you open the doors yeah, to your first from that store. time till we yeah. really opened the first first store and that was kind of that was real dark because it was like am i doing the right thing yeah am i gonna succeed i know nothing you know is it gonna work like all that kind of stuff and we were spending money you know well really good though bro and not letting that come through you you yeah. all my interactions with you have always been super confident mm. um and never really other than those like hard case conversations we've had about what's really going on, yeah, I feel like you've always, despite the unknown and despite how freaky, how freaking freaky it is, yeah. you've had the shoulders for it, I guess. Yeah, you've carried it well. It's. I think. I. I think. It, like now, I look back. A lot of it was, you know, um, you know, my girlfriend. She was the one to really like when I start freaking out. Like I get, yeah. I go through these waves. It could be once every quarter. It could be. Used to be really frequent mm. when I would just be real distant, you know, like driving, and she'll ask me a question. And I was like, no, no, I don't, I don't have time for that. Yeah, and she's like, I'm gone. literally, I'm in my yeah. head. Like, and then you know, the the night I'll be like sitting there, like, do you think I'm doing the right thing? And you know, it's that conversation of like, am I, am I prov- like, am I wasting my time? Like, mm. is, is this the right thing to do? Um, do you think it'll work out? Do you think this? And I always ask those questions. She's like, yeah, yeah, it's fine. I was like, or I'll ask, I'll self-audit a lot. I'm mm. like, um, you know, am I leading the team right? Am I hiring the right people? Am I doing all these things? Am I, you know, am I making the, you know, my business partners feel weird? Am I asking too much of you or to asking too much of other people? So it was mm. that self-audit process that if I didn't have someone, then I would have completely, probably had a mental breakdown, like legit had a yeah. mental breakdown because it was high pressure, yeah, real high pressure. Um, you know, COVID, we were, you know, we were neck deep in debt by then, just because, you know, we didn't know how long it was going to be, so we started taking a loan here and pushing it out here, and um, we were in growth mode, so hitting hospitality plus in growth mode, hitting COVID was like, laters, pretty much it was was gone, and we just didn't know, you know, that's even worse. I want to get deeper into that, but let's just tell the story of Ecobol first, because it it was a huge success. Do you think? I, despite my feelings towards the business, because I struggle with that, mm. um, it was a it was a success. Like yeah, because I always go for who I was then. 
yeah. or who I am now, maybe not so much, but yeah. for who I was then and where I was. So yeah. you opened your first one in 2017? 2017, we, af- we officially opened our first store. On Fort Lane? Yeah, and we went nuts. Like yeah. Busy as corporates. I remember that. Us. I remember being gutted that you guys were in the city. Yeah. Oh, no, was I was still, nah, I think I left my job by then too in the city. Mm. It was nuts. And then when did you open your second one? A y- eight months later. Was that the fish market? Fish market, yeah. yeah. We and turned around quick as. Yeah. And then third one, which was New Market A, when that opened. Just before, would have been the summer of 2019, early 2020, like January yeah. 2020. Would have been right before the borders. So you went from just an idea to having three stores in three years? Uh, yeah, three, four years. Four, yeah. four years, maybe? Yeah. Yeah, so we had, and we had about 25 staff. Yeah. Um, we were turning over. I remember seeing one of your posts money. and you got a, like a mean as Ford Ranger or something. Yeah, yeah I got me a new truck, like yeah. I leased it through the business and I was... You know, I was learning how to like write things off, and I was learning how to like do do like smart business. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. So I was doing. I was like really like, but I do think that was me reacting to like things are falling apart. Yeah. That kind of thing. Um, but it was it was actually a big success. We yeah. were on TV. Everyone celebrated. Um, you know, we were making turning over eighty k a month, which was like insane amount of money for us. Mm. We were just shy of a million dollars in a year, like to turnover. Yeah. Um. And it looked great. Yeah. But there was no profit. Yeah. You know, there was no net profit. There was, um, we were working 100 hours in the summer. Yeah. You know, we were working, I think I did four months straight every day of wow. work. And it was like minimum seven hour shift every yeah, day. Yeah, yeah. So. It's buzzy, even, you know, um, have you ever experienced this where you, you meet or you know an entrepreneur and every time you see them, they just look more and more tired? Yeah. <laughs> And then they get to the point where you're like, cars. I, I look like, like shit by the end of it. Yeah. I really look like I shit. I feel like that right now. I feel like I'm sick all the time because I'm run, I'm burnt out and run down and I need yeah. to make some changes. But like that's hard work, eh? It's, it's, it's because you start, like, that's just normal. Like, mm. you start getting into this mindset of, like, no, this, this is just how life is. Like, quality of life is this. Mm. You do Like, it's all for this reason. Yeah. But if you're not making money, then what is it for? So yeah. th- and that's why I couldn't figure out. I'm like, why am I doing this? Yeah, it's not for money, and not money being because of money, but money being because of opportunity, because of preparing yourself, because of you know all that stuff. It's it's real weird. It was just like I'm doing it because I can't let it fall, mm. type thing. But yeah, we we had we pretty much were really really successful. At what was the pinnacle like? Do you reckon for you? Pinnacle. Of Ekebol. It was, it was probably the two stores. When we had two stores, working summers. We were working hard. Mm. But, like, as a team, you know, like, we had such fun times. Yeah. Like I wish we had, I wish there was, like, a f- you know, camera on the wall or something and, like, yeah. recorded. Because, uh, you know, we pretty much hired all our mates and we had great time. We let them off of, you know, murder pretty much. They were allowed to do whatever they liked. But it was so fun. Like, we'd just be a team. We had the sense of, like, purpose you know, when I when when I stepped out of the business and lost it, I was like, "Oh, the purpose in life is not as strong as it was then." Mm. Even though I didn't have as much money and it was harder, so we just had this like real cool. Like I felt like I was doing something, you know, that m- meant something. Yeah. Um. And yeah, it was just fun. Yeah. But it was kind of, it's kind of hard, but fun. Yeah, yeah. And then, so what do you reckon was, like, why was that better than having three stores? So like what was it about that third store that 
we stretched, we overstretched ourselves yeah. like too early. <coughs> so we, so we, you know, um, we got offered two places. We got offered to go in Sylvia Park, the new addition upstairs, mm. or we got offered um, Newmarket Mall. So both were huge projects, both were huge rents, um, but they were kicking in heaps of money. Mm. And um, I was like, yeah, because I, like, I was on a high, you know, I was like, we've done two stores, they're profitable, but even though we're sinking all the money back in, they're, they're making money. Yeah, and I was yeah. like, oh, if we just keep going, we're going to see so much better growth and we're going to get better um, supplier deals and all this other stuff. And I was just fueled with like, get bigger, get better, like da da da. And um, yeah, I decided to take it out and that was the biggest store. So new, we did a deal with Newmarket. They kicked in like 200K, I think. Mm. They put in 200K and we put in 200 mm. um, that we borrowed. And we built the store out. They were a nightmare to work with. They wanted <laughs> everything had to be real wood and this and that. And they had so many like things that and requirements that we had to have. And um, really, we kind of got. W- I was naive, but we kind of got taken on this big kind of like ride. You know, mm. like the mall, the first part of the mall which we were a part of opened, and then there was no people. And I was like, okay, so how long do I have to last till the mall's pumping? Like, yeah. And it, it and took... It's still not pumping. Uh, it's still so. not pumping. <laughs> yeah. And that's where I was just like, damn. Like yeah. I, I, I fumbled. Like, I, 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 you know, that hot hand, you know, like um, can't miss type thing yeah. in basketball. Yeah, it's pretty much what happened. And I was like... And that was my big... That was kind of my big failure. And I was like, damn. And um, we had to let that close mm. um, as COVID started happening. Like... So you got rid of that one pretty quickly. Pretty quickly. We pretty much had, we got told, no, you you guys can't do it. And that's where the big problems started happening. Like, um, we owed something like 100K on the the lease or something. We hadn't paid. Like, we just weren't paying the lease because we weren't making any money and they weren't doing anything. I was like, hey, you got no people in. And they were, they kind of didn't have a solution to that either. Yeah. I was like, well, what do we do? You know, I'm just going to not pay. Yeah, and that's where the big like things started just crumbling. Like I was like, "Holy heck!" I'm I didn't realize how much risk there was in this. Yeah, um, and how that can unwind everything. Yeah, but then COVID happened. I was pretty much like, "Yeah, yeah." Oh well, end early. Yeah. So, yeah, that's where things really started kind of getting crazy. Should rewind back to the part in the podcast where you said you're never going to listen to anyone's advice. You got to fail for yourself, eh? Yeah, because people <laughs> were telling me like, "Oh, like watch out, don't yeah, go too yeah. fast." Like, like, shit up, I'm going to do it anyway. And I was like, anyway. "Nah, that's you, bro. I'm different. <laughs> watch me." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was like, "I'm built different, bro." <laughs> like, and that was, you know, and and that was, it was just like it's one of those things where I was like, that double-edged sword of that passion. It's like you can't tell me nothing. Like, yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know, it was, I was very much that person, and um. I had no evidence to suggest that I wasn't going to win, you know, like I was never going to, like anything could not happen. Yeah. And I think, you know, that ambition and that drive is important too, right? Mm. And the ability to like take on opportunities as they come. I mean, yeah, you learn wisdom and stuff as you go along and to do do a bit more due due diligence. (laughs) Yeah, do your due Um, diligence. But I think there's still a lot to be said for that, like I said, the ambition and that drive because – you can't buy that stuff. You can't learn that. That's that's just got to be there. Yeah, like it. Like I know now. <laughs> yeah, I know now to like you know. You bal- like those expensive lessons, eh? Yeah, <laughs> balance. You know, it's all about balance. It's yeah. all about like yes, you could do that, but 
how much you're willing to sacrifice for that. Like, yeah, yeah. You know, energy, time, like it's not a race. Ma- yeah. You know, that whole, it's a marathon, not a race. And I was like, yeah, 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 yeah. And then <laughs> trying to sprint, you know. Trying like, to sprint that marathon, eh? Yeah. Man, so and so then COVID came. You held on for ages, though. Yeah. You, d- you really did. I I know that. Like, you, I was, imp- I think a lot of people, I think the whole um, business and entrepreneurial community were impressed and proud of you and, and yeah. did what they could to support you. Yeah, um, it. It, it felt like it was hard because there was a lot of pity. Not pity, but like... Charity? Nah, not even charity. Like It was more like, man, that sucks. And it felt like almost like, like no one can do anything, you know? Yeah, it was one of yeah. those things that's like, like, no one, even if they wanted to help, like, what are you going to do, you know? like Exactly. Every, like, I can't even open. I've, uh, you Finish know, the lockdowns? The, yeah, <laughs> like two years in a row where we were closed more than we were open, you know? Yeah, like, yeah. How can you survive through that? You and did a couple of things, though, eh? Like oh, yeah, we tried so hard to to kind of pivot, you know? Like, it was all, everyone pivot, everyone pivot. We tried um, meal kit boxes, which everyone tried, and it was just, like, a nightmare logistically and all this other stuff, and we tried... Um, Those pop-ups or whatever? Yeah, we tried the pop-ups. Like yeah. especially we were like, man, we should open a store out south. Like, it's where all our kind of community is. Mm. And then we just thought about it, and I was like, even if we do open out south, like, we just don't have the energy to give what we did the last five years and yeah, rebuild, like, yeah. standing in that store again, and I was getting older. I was Starting like, from tired is really hard, eh? Yeah, like yeah, I was just like, I can't do it anymore. I just don't have that energy. Um, but we tried almost everything. We tried um, doing content to be like, okay, well, we'll try to do this and try making it more about the brand. We tried merch. We tried that Slack. Something was Slack, Yeah, eh? we tried, like, a tech. So we did, like, I did a hackathon. Yeah, and I was like, oh, maybe we can like deliver to offices, but instead of like calling them up and doing all this stuff, like, what if they can, um, you know, their their kind of communication communication platform, internal one, like Slack, they're using that to order, and like we prompt them in the morning. It's just like a bot, and it tells them, do you want to order, and it takes payment through that and stuff. So we we did it, but it was just again, it was like super hard to try and pivot and stuff. Like any new product, right? You got to put the effort into getting it, launching it, getting the yeah. awareness out there, getting the users on. And people weren't even in the office anymore. Yeah, it was like yeah. Unless we delivered to homes, which was just not viable. It was like yeah, yeah. Pretty much hospitality was dead. So what was the moment? What was the final, the f- point where you finally decided that's it? Um, man, like I, I think it was more of a um. Grinding away, like just mm. slowly. And it's almost sad because it's like, you you know, it died before I even knew it died. Like, you know, right at COVID hit, I was like, mm. I, sh- I wish I just called it off, you know, looking yeah, back. Yeah, I, like, yeah. I should have just cut my losses and gone, you know what? That was never going to happen, yeah, bro. That was, yeah, <laughs> and I was too stubborn. I was like, yeah. no. Nah, we'll we didn't back. know what was ahead of us. Yeah. We had no idea. I yeah. think if we knew it was going to be two over two years, maybe then more people would have been like, I'm out now. It is, yeah. yeah. So we just kept holding on, holding on, and... um you know, cutting everything, cut staff, cut this, cut that, don't need that anymore, don't need that, mm. work more hours, work less hours, and then got, so I think the biggest step was when I decided my time is more valuable outside of my business than it is working in my business. Yeah. And, like, like completely forgetting about that and going, let it run on its skeleton crew, let it, don't give it too much energy, because if we're going to wait it out, then it's going to take some time. Mm. And... um. You know, I was earning nothing pretty much for, for the last five years. So I was like, oh, man, it would be nice to have some money uh, yeah, you know, at the end of the week. Yeah. So I went off and um, 
got another job and experienced that and I experienced what it was like to live a normal life, mm. you know, and I, with money, with time, with the ability to, like, go to a concert and a festival because I hadn't been to any, like, before as an adult. I was like, oh, so this is how you guys <laughs> are living. Like, this is cool. Like, yeah, yeah. you guys have no worries. And then also the that security. Like, I had the I, – I wasn't waking up going, oh, how am I going to – yeah. Plotting, you know, I was like plotting yeah. every single day. Which of my fires am I going to put out today? <laughs> yeah, which yeah. of the fires am I going to put out? Exactly what it was. And then I experienced like a short, blissful, it was still hard, but it was blissful. And I was like, yeah. is it worth it? You know, and then I kind of, and then after that, um, you know, everyone's getting into running during COVID. I was mm. like, oh, yeah, I'll be a runner too. So I started <laughs> running and I realized how bad it was. And I was like, damn, I'm unfit, man. Like, and then I realised, I was like, oh, man, I really, like, kind of let go of, like, my health and stuff. And I was like, I don't like what I look like anymore. I don't like photos of myself. And that's where I was kind of like, man, I'm really giving up my life for this business. Mm. And then the business is not even a real person. Like, it's not, like, literally giving my life for it. And I was just like, man, I don't, I don't think I can do this anymore. So, yeah. and I was dealing with that for months, months, months. And then when the new year kicked in, I was like nah time to like it's actually time and and I've got you know business partners and stuff and and I had um, people who I who rely on it as well and I pretty much said if no one calls it 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 has to be me to call it and and if I get kind of if I take the blame for that and all that then that's all good like if everything goes back to normal that was my thinking then then I'll be the one to to shoulder that as well and um just made the decision and I think looking back now I'm just so much healthier mentally, physically, emotionally, everything, mm. you know. Um, and I realised, like, life is much bigger than holding on to a business just because you're scared about... Because you're prideful Yeah, or pride, or yeah. you're scared about the fallout of it, or um, your, my identity's tied to it, because that's... Yeah. Like, I was like, it was pretty much me saying goodbye to me, in yeah. a way. It was weird. Yeah, but it wasn't you. It was just something you created, eh? Yeah, it was. How did yeah. it? Um, how are all your relationships? Have they all survived? Uh, it's. You don't have to go to details, but yeah, it's interesting. Curious. It's interesting. Like, um, it's weird, eh? Like, uh, a lot of people think I'm cold. Everyone mm. like oh, you're real cold, eh? Like you never used to be like that. Um, and I think that's just because like I've hardened, hardened over time. Like, oh, this this feeling that I'm feeling, I just doesn't doesn't feel like that, or. I've just zoomed out so much that it just, I don't connect as well anymore. Mm. Or whether just that whole trauma, which it was quite a lot of trauma, like just changed me in a way. Mm. And, I, and I did that personality test and I really changed, like I actually changed quite a bit in my personality, um, my behaviours, my mannerisms. So I did, I have quite like a isolated relationships with people. Mm. Um and again with my business partners, like it was, we were mates, you know, like yeah. high school mates, known each other from 13 to 18. Our main key activities were going to garage drink ups together <laughs> and like playing sport together, playing basketball and stuff. Yeah. And then into a business where expectations and stuff are all on the yeah. table. And um, yeah, it's, it's hard to, it's hard to snap back into that friendship stuff. Mm. Um, so yeah, I would say that's strained yeah. to really. I don't know what it's like to be mates again. Yeah. Because you know, it, it was business partnership for so long. Yeah. That's pretty huge, eh? Mm. That's a that's huge. It's a huge consideration and I think 
like even just reflecting on my own journey and the how much you change, mm. let alone everyone else. I mean, everyone's on their own journey and going through growth and development. But I think you're right. There's so much that there's so much traumatic stuff that happens to you in business anyway. I think because you're constantly, I don't know, as an entrepreneur and trying to be, just trying to be courageous, mm. um, you're constantly doing things that freak you out. So there's always, you're always like just facing your fears. Mm. I feel like it's a lifestyle of that. But you grow heaps and you develop heaps and what you think about and what you focus on changes and it changes your dynamics with other people as well. But I think after going through something like that, um, there's always the risk that relationships are going to go. Mm. They're going to go south, whether it's with business partners, your investor, mm. um, some, I don't know, your key supporters, things like that. Have you found, like, um, like how have people's comments and stuff been towards you? Like, with the ending of the business? Yeah. Um, it's weird, eh? Like, I think I didn't really let enough room t- for it to breathe, like, I'm just like, oh, yeah, the, like, you know, even to my family. Yeah. I let them know through, like, our Facebook family group, and I was like, hey, the business is shut. If you guys need anything that I've got, here is what I got, like, to give away. Thanks, full yeah, stop. And yeah, I was like, yeah. I don't really – and I think it's more to safeguard myself because – Yeah, and you were just trying to just cope, to heal right? over, Yeah, heal yeah. over it. And, um, yeah, it's weird, eh? It's like I was real scared to get back out to network and, you know, to, like, see people because I was like – I felt like it was like it was kind of like a failure, but I know everyone doesn't really think bad of me. But it's almost like I felt bad, like I thought bad of myself. Like mm. I, I'm the one. I was the one who could have overcome that. You know, like I, surely I could overcome that. And um, accepting that was hard. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know. It's I don't really. I haven't really allowed room for people, or or I've just distracted myself by jumping straight into oh, what's the next thing. I yeah, don't. I don't yeah, have yeah. time to of like suck about it or anything yeah no that's good i guess i was just wondering what the um whether this business community that we're part of have learnt some new things and i don't know i, I don't think so got over <laughs> themselves a little bit and what that i guess what what you're experiencing in that space i think one thing that comes to mind right now is the experiences of jake miller mm. and what he went through as a young entrepreneur and ultimately mm. how tragic that was um, and how how quick people were to fucking like drag him through the dirt, yeah. Um, for someone that was so young and so celebrated and encouraged and invested in and and trophied around to then straight away then being this this dirty little scoundrel, yeah. Um, that was really that was really hard to watch, man. Yeah, I I don't know if I like if that happened. Yeah, I, d- I don't know how someone could at the lowest point. That's the lowest point, man. Like when something mm. goes wrong and you really tried, like you know, you put your everything into, which no one will understand unless you've done it before. Like that's hard, and I I'm mm. thankful that no one came at me like that, yeah. um, which I'm good. But in another sense, like there wasn't this huge sweep of like support for it, like failing in a way. Yeah. Everyone wants you, and like when you're on top, but yeah, well, I wouldn't say it's a bad thing because I don't really care, but it is, I, I did notice it. It was more like, oh, cool, old news, like laters, yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know, like it wasn't this big, like, oh, where's that, where's that um, attitude, but I know it will come back. Mm. Like it's, it's, it's a weird thing, and I think that's just how it is a weird, it's fickle way, yeah, it's just, yeah. It's just the way business community yeah. is, you know, and I think, like, I even think, like, being in. F- 
and foyers full of people now is different anyway. Post COVID than it was pre COVID. Everyone's a little bit more awkward and yeah, it's weird. Eh? <laughs> it's so weird. Even I'm like, yeah, am I socializing? Oh, me too. Am I? I don't know. I don't want to. I don't want to say blinking too much. <laughs> Stop blinking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it could just be them in their own like yeah. journey, eh? But no, nah, I mean, it's been cool to have you here and to see. I guess the little bit of the, your world that we get to see into, and mm. um, it looks like you're doing well anyway. Yeah, like. I'm not. I'm not doing bad, and I'm like actually really blessed compared to a lot of yeah. people. Like you said, eh? Healthy again. And yeah, healthy again. Like, thankful that I didn't go in through any. You know, mm. that depression stuff didn't kick back up, or, mm. um, you know, like I didn't. I didn't do too much damage. You know, like I didn't. Yeah. I kind of caught it maybe early. I know there's a lot of people that, you know, might not even have caught themselves at yeah, that point yeah. and just kind of sacrificed it all, and you end up with heaps of money, older and like kind of like. What do I do now? <laughs> kind of like I, st- I completely my business that I sold or whatever is me. You know, yeah, yeah. I lost my whole identity. So, so how yeah. much longer have you got to dig yourself out of this financial hole? Uh, oh, I, I won't ask you the size of your hole, but how much longer do you reckon? I mean, I think everyone's going to know that you're going to yeah. come out of that worse for wear. But I mean, yeah, it's 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 going to be an ongoing battle. Not battle, like I'm really thankful for my investor and and, the f- and their whanau for like being reasonable and being like supportive, but it's it's big, like d- unless I won the lotto, <laughs> it could be over like that. Or if Get your I, lotto depending ticket, on, man. Yeah, d- depending on how, you know. You played the pokies? <laughs> <laughs> depending if I, you know, if I'm sensible, which I have to be, you know, you yeah. can't, I'm not going to sacrifice you know, in the next 20 years to pay this looming thing off. Yeah. Um, but if I be sensible um, and, you know, gradually chip away at it, it's... Yeah, you got I'm going to be same. an old man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a legit... No, no, you're going to crack man. it before then, bro. Yeah, so... All of this experience is definitely going to make you... Wait for this housing boom and make 50% up on my <laughs> house and then be like, oh, my God. Aren't you the crypto dog by now? <laughs> yeah, 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 I'll crack it in crypto. NFTs. Stocks. <laughs> i got, I got to do whatever it takes. But yeah, it's something that's like kind of, if I think about it as a student loan, yeah, you know how that comes out. So it's like, I just have a student loan for life kind of yeah. thing. So yeah, yeah. treat it like that. So how has it been like, um, what's the word you used? Untethering yourself mm. from Ikebol and from that persona that you had mm. become. Like it's, it's awkward because, so, so the, the start of it was like, in my mind, I'm val- my value is my business, like my ability yeah. to operate, own, da 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 da. But as in terms of the business name and the brand and all that, like, because when people, you know, you meet someone, say, oh yeah, my name's Ryan, Onikabo, blah blah blah. You're not saying I wasn't saying, hey, my name's Ryan, I'm an entrepreneur, da 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 da. Because yeah, it's like yeah. I didn't really know, like, what's an entrepreneur? Your identity wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't in your brand, eh? Yeah, but what really saved me is that I spent that ho- my whole five years, I spent. Um, like really on LinkedIn, like doing my, sharing my journey, mm. you know, like creating that, like, I, I want it. I'm, I'm out here hustling. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. Like I'm connecting, I'm meeting people, I'm networking. And that's what really saved me after the everything finished. Cause if I didn't do that, I would have just been stuck and been like, I kind of have a bit of hood fame from doing mm. this. But like no one who can give me more opportunity really knows. Yeah. So that's what really saved me was doing yeah. that 
but even though you know you might see me as as a certain image all these other people might see me as a certain image i saw myself as like us oh, failed business yeah, yeah. young now i have to start from scratch and like i've got this huge debt that like you know my peers don't have that that's like yeah yeah and no matter how much i go further it's it's like i never really went that far yeah. that's how it was and it was like a deficit kind of thing um and i had to really get over that you know i had to be like wait what is my true value like what and i still don't i still struggle with that I'm like, mm. why do why do they like me like you know or why did they you know like why did they hire me it's like yeah. it's weird they could have hired anyone in the world like yeah, why yeah. why me like what I don't even have experience on this. Do you this. want me to answer that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Is that a real question? I guess. It kind of was weird. It was like tripping me out. I, was like, I oh guess no. we hired you because the opportunity was there, first and foremost. Hmm. Um, so what happened is we were at Auckland's Future Now, the conference that uh, Auckland Unlimited have been running for the past few years hmm. throughout COVID. And I mean, we've had a, like a cool little relationship mm. over the years where we've kind of continued to bump into each other and chat with each other and stuff like that. Um, I was always like really inspired by your courage to step out the way that you did um, and your boldness mm. to just, I think like what you what you called naivety and, and like a little bit of arrogance I think was what was cool about it though, that, that you just went out there and did it. Um, and we knew that you, like, we had been chatting with you about, you know, where you were now and what you were up to and mm. um, that there was the potential that you weren't settled where you were now. Mm. Um, and we've, like, we've had staffing challenges for quite a while now um, for multiple reasons, multiple reasons, most of them out of our control. Um, but it was literally, like, we were sitting there and then you came and sat with us and then I just looked at Mel and I was like, offer him a job, offer him a contract. And she was like, do you reckon? And I was like, yeah. I was like, offer him a short-term contract, though, because you can't pin someone like this down. But just ask him. (laughs) (laughs) And sure enough, like, we only sat together for maybe an hour, Mm. if that. Um, And at the same time we were doing, we were going through um, a little bit of HR at the time where we were uh, just the raising cost, raising cost of living and stuff like that, and the pressures that our team were under. We were discussing pay rises and stuff like that. We were literally doing it at the table in this conference, and we were sketching it out and how much can we give each person, blah 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 blah. So it was we were kind of thinking about our HR, our human resources anyway. So yeah, and then and then Mal just asked you, and then a week later you came in, and a couple weeks later you started, which was pretty cool. But I think other than the fact that you've you're you have the confidence and the guts to do, mm. like have a vision and follow it through. I think the fact that you have lived experience um, is huge, especially in the, the stuff that we do. I think you know as an entrepreneur to listen to people that haven't actually done it, mm. it's almost like you don't even care what they have to say because they're just talking about knowledge but not experience. And I think we have established with people that value experience. So there was that to go with it, I think, the fact that you're motivated, that you're an awesome guy. Like, I think your personality, uh, I've always felt like um, you're lovely to talk to, you're respectful. Like, that stuff matters as well. Yeah. Um, that, that even though you have that confidence, I never found you to be too egotistical. Mm. And that passion <laughs> that you get sometimes, I always thought it was really cool because you're, like, <laughs> racking people up and stuff like that. 
Um, and I felt like he had the right kind of vibe and even age and stage for the mahi that we had to get done. Mm. And then I knew that you'd get it. So those are the those are a bunch of the reasons why. Yeah, it's weird. Like I've never. It's weird because I I I can't overcome this un, like this idea of like, as you said, like this experience thing. Like yeah, but I don't have sk- like I don't have things like skills or like, which is what my biggest problem right now is is understanding like, um, why to even a me- like if I mentor someone, it's like, I don't necessarily have the go to the handbook the this the that. Why would they listen to me? And then they're like, really, like, oh, that's that's amazing. That's yeah. like, okay. So I do know it's got something to do with experience. But it's so hard for me to connect the dots in terms of like how someone would value that. Yeah. So so much like it's weird. Um, and yeah, trying to like, because I don't have anything to prove <laughs> that. You know, it's like it's like a weird thing. Right, like, getting hundred and fifty k seed funds, opening yeah. three stores, staff, IRD. <laughs> HR, health and safety, hospitality business, mm. going through COVID, like that is no easy feat, man. Not many yeah. people um, will even want to, let alone have the ability to pull that off. Um, and we've come across hundreds of people um, that are trying to get a business off the ground. Mm. And another podcast I was listening to were talking about it, like some people just have it, that that it factor, they have that, that motivation, that drive yeah. and that ability to... Like, you know that they're going to be able to get it and they're going to be able to do it. And you have, like, mm. yeah, it wasn't it wasn't the success you thought it was going to be, but mm. I think it's a huge step and a, a win in your journey, your journey as an entrepreneur. Yeah. Um, and there's so much value in that. Plus just the basic how to set up a business and <laughs> who to talk to at IRD when you don't pay your bills. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All of that stuff is experience. And I think especially for our people, like seeing someone else who is passionate about what we're passionate about, lives the way that we live, mm. talks the way that we talk, and you're not too far ahead mm. that it's unattainable. Mm. Yeah, yeah it's that not goes like a it's long way. It's not like I'm like at the 50-year-old stage and I'm telling you like 30 years worth yeah. of like... I think that's a lot of, I, I do think that's no, a lot of... you're fresh off the failures, bro. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're just like the rest of us. Yeah, yeah, it's like, oh, let me tell you a story, kids. <laughs> Gather around. Yeah. <laughs> let me tell you some poor decisions I made, you know? Like, that's literally what it feels like, but... Do you think... Here's a question for you, and then I reckon we'll wrap it up. Do you think that Ikebol would still be going without if it wasn't for COVID? Nah, I think, uh, I think almost COVID gave us a graceful ending. I think... You could blame it, it was all so COVID, yeah. eh? <laughs> it was so shaky, man. It was like, we literally knew nothing. Like, it was, if you took a high school kid out of high school, yeah, three high school kids, and said, here, here's money, go start a business. You yeah. know? And, and maybe they were really, like, onto it. Um, It was so really Everyone shaky. else sort of did lashes. Yeah. <laughs> it was shaky, man. It yeah. was, like, it, it was pretty bad. Like, we, we were, like, taking that one lesson before we were doing, you know, mm. it was like, oh, let me read about it, okay, and then we were doing it, like, yeah, oh, I'll read yeah. about it, you know, next yeah. chapter and do it. But that's it, man. That's all you got to do these days. Like, information's everywhere. Mm. You but have to you have to have the attitude and the willingness yeah. to, d- to activate it. Just maybe recommendation is to just play a, play a bit of a smaller <laughs> gamble first, like yeah. smaller buy-in, smaller, yeah. you know, just a... Little one, try yeah. the night markets. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> I wish I'd try the night markets before I went straight into like lease uh, yeah. for five years. I was like, yeah. Mm. 
That's also bro. And I think I'm super thankful for I guess the lessons we've learned on our journey too. Yeah. Um and where we are financially that we don't have a lot of debt and that we've had people that we've put in place that have always cautioned us away from that. Mm. Um yeah. Maybe one day I'll be in a position where I'm confident to take on a big investment, but now nah, I've always been too I've never always I've always doubted my own ability with money, to be honest, so I've never really taken on huge debt. Yeah. Although, it, it, when that time comes, you'll, like, you know, like, you've done, you know, you've, like, played in the, the junior kids' playground, and then when yeah, you go to the yeah. seniors, you're like, all right, I know what's up. Like, <laughs> I know I know how this works. Even though it still freaks you out a bit. Yeah, <laughs> versus, like, sky jump, you know, jumping out of a plane straight away, which is what I felt like I did, you know, yeah. so. But you, you learn. Yeah. You, know, you learn. So, yeah, I'm yeah. actually, I, I feel like a lot better after a little bit of time, you know, because we closed up at yeah. the start of the year and it's been seven months or six months or something and it, it got a lot more clearer, you know, like yeah, clarity yeah. came, I was like, okay, this is what's going on. Yeah. So it's been good. Yeah. Do you know what's next for you? Man, it's, I do need to do something that I'm passionate about again that's like gives me purpose. So it's good to like not commit to any big things, um, long-term stuff because it is like, I'm changing so fast. Like the last year yeah. or the last, yeah, since the business finished, six months, I've changed so much. Like I've learned so much skills. Um, I have gotten a lot more like comfortable in myself and knowing that, you know, that whole untethering thing. And it's just, it's been really good. So I see what, what a little bit of things, I want to enjoy life a little bit more, mm. go on a trip, you know, like we've been caged in New Zealand for so long. I n- haven't even experienced what it's like to travel. Yeah. So I want to do a little bit of that and, just just take it a little bit easy on myself for really yeah, nice. as long as I can until I get this whole, s- you know, motivation. But I think we all know that there'll be something else. There was something on the horizon. Something else will come. The one thing that triggers me and then I start going, oh, and then I can't get away, that'll, that'll be the right idea when, yeah. when that comes. Yeah. Or but no hurry, eh? Or just, like, focus on giving back to, like, other, you know, young modern PI who are, like, wanting to have a crack. Yeah, you know? yeah. Because I feel like I can talk to them, like, I can I can either push you real hard or I can, like, kind of... Convince you it's not the one. Yeah, <laughs> I can kind of, like, slowly be like, yeah. I don't think your heart's in it, to be <laughs> honest, or I don't think you're really about this, you know? Yeah, and, and if so you want to stream, just stream. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, everyone's so scared, you know? Everyone tips toes and like, oh, yeah. don't kill their buzz. I'm like, yeah, but don't stitch them up. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, don't stitch the kid yeah. up. Don't keep being like create more of these, create more entrepreneurs, and it's like, they, they're they not built for that. Yeah. Like, or not yet, yeah. you know? Like, let them experience life a little bit more. So I totally agree. and I, I've, um, I think I've learned over the years, and, and I still buy into the fact that entrepreneurship is a great tool for things like self-discovery, yeah. for understanding what you are passionate about and what skill set you might have. But, man, it's, it's for a rare breed, eh? Mm. Um, I like the way that you can dabble in it and learn a lot of stuff, but I also think that, a lot of what you can learn is that it's not for you mm. and it's not the way. But I love I love supporting young people into that space. Yeah. And it's cool to have you here with us, however long that may be, um, to help build what we've got going on here. So check it out, tukuafano.nz. Yep. Little little plug, eh? But thanks so much, Ra. Wow, Honestly, you. man, it's a, it is, a, I don't mean that lightly. It's a huge privilege that you would, um, I guess, find me trustworthy to open up on that story about it. And, um, yeah, just know that we do love having you a part of the team and we think it's a, like we, we was just stoked when you said yes um, to the point that there's 
there's a little bunch of like fangirls and boys that you have in the scene that we yeah. were able to go and be like, ha ha, look at them. And they were kind of like, what? But yeah. stoked for us as well and, and to be building that connection with the East, East mm. crew. Um, yeah. And just know that, I guess for us at Ngahiri, we're always trying to have a really good environment where people can be open and honest with where they're at. Mm. Um, and know that, yeah, we've got your back. Um, and you can always talk about any of that stuff. Mm. And in time, everyone on our team has cried in this room. Really? Yeah. <laughs> everyone, no one excused at all. So, uh, I think But I we cry all over the place, but this is a good <laughs> crying room. I've cried my tears. Of <laughs> I've so much, I don't even know if I have any left. <laughs> it's been a... <laughs> yeah. Everything is just it's dry. Yeah, it's dry, man. It's, it's yeah. But um, now it's awesome having chats like this, and you know, like I, th- I think there's a lot of people out there, even online and stuff, who would never really get this deep of a talk. I've never mm. really done a podcast or like, you know, anything like this where they really know much. You know, I do some yeah, talk yeah. at some event or something, but this is like real deep. Yeah. Um, so they might see some like things that they resonate with. Like, wow, yeah. true anxiety. For sure. I think there's heaps of gold in there, so thank you, bro. Yeah. Appreciate it. All right, on the next one, eh? Yep. Must be starting a podcast yourself soon. I, I, I might have to. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Teach you how to set this up, eh? Yeah. All right, kakite. All right, kakite.